0: And what is the most you ever bet on a coin toss?
1: My pogs. Did you lose your pogs in a coin toss, Ryan? Two of them, yeah. Lose. I got them back, though. Bad move. In a game have never keeps. actually played pogs before, by the way. Have you? I, I still have all
2: of my pogs. I still no, you have don't. all of them. You so, have to bring like, them if time. you. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, and we're going to play pogs. <laughs> I used to play them for keeps when I was in fifth grade. Okay. And that's how I got the ones back that I lost in a coin toss. Can I buy Pugs? I want to play you for your Pugs. Yeah, no, you can. They still sell them. I mean, they're a bit more expensive than they used to be, but they still sell them. Are they a bit more expensive? Well, yeah, because they don't, you know, they're, 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 they're not selling like Pokemon cards anymore, as you can probably imagine. Let's talk about movies. Huh. This is Kenny
0: uh, Hey everybody, welcome to the Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan.
2: I'm Ryan. And I'm
1: Devin.
0: And today we're changing things up a little bit. It is my pick for the week. And because Devin's been dragging his feet on this one for a while, uh, we are talking about the Coen Brothers pick, No Country for Old Men, starring... Tommy Lee Jones, Josh Brolin, and Javier Bardem, and Woody Harrelson for like a, a second. So yeah,
1: surprise Woody Harrelson um, and surprise Stephen Root. You'll love it.
0: Oh yeah, um, we'll, we'll get into that in a bit. But before we do that, we usually talk about things that we've watched in pop culture over the last week. Evidently, we've just watched nothing, so we have nothing to talk about uh, <laughs> this week. But I do want to, I, I do want to show something off to Devin. Ryan's already seen this but it's very funny that i have this for the show today because it is this person's birthday. Devin, i bought something this weekend that i want you to try to guess what it is. It's a Okay. You know you know what the kind of, the kind of things that i like to buy when i'm out shopping at antique yeah, yeah. stores. Uh, it is from a show from the 90s. Okay. And it is complete in box. What do you think i bought this weekend?
1: You bought the whole show in a box.
0: I bought oh. something from a show in a box.
1: Oh wow! Okay, you bought you bought Mimi's makeup set from the Drew Carey show.
0: You are so close. That is am so I really? This
1: is so close.
0: I brought a Drew Carey doll. <laughs> <laughs> I was so close. And the reason it's funny is it's Drew Carey's birthday. So happy birthday, Drew Carey!
1: Oh, happy birthday. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. Happy there's birthday. also a Mimi doll available that it, I am oh, now going to is. try to find. So but, wait, is that
1: from, that's from the Drew Carey show? Like the one yeah. that no one can find anymore? Yeah. Wow. Do you think that holds up?
0: The Drew Carey show? Yeah. Uh, I mean, some of it's a little bit like any everything from the 90s. Like not everything's going to hold up completely, but... Sure. I think the comedy's still there. Like I rewatching some old let's like episodes of it, I'm like I see where I got my sense of humor now. Like between that and whose line, like
1: it probably holds up better than Just Shoot Me.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't think I've ever seen Just Shoot Me. It probably holds up better than Friends. That's like the touchstone for like shows that didn't yeah. hold up from the nineties.
0: Um, yeah. No, I I still enjoy it. It's a shame that it'll never be officially released on dvd or blu-ray because of copyright but
1: are there like shady internet sites that i can go to you don't have to answer me for our audio listeners but you can shake your head there you go a (laughs) boy um that's what i'm doing after
0: this all right um yeah so let's get into today's main topic uh the coen brothers film no country for old men um this was my pick, like I said um, last week on the show. The reason I decided that I wanted to watch this was Harvey <laughs> Bardem was on Conan O'Brien needs a friend, and they talked about this movie uh, while he was promoting the Little Mermaid, which comes out this week. Devin, you're a Disney adult. Uh, we were just making fun of you before the show about that. We are wait. you gonna go? Are you gonna go see Little Mermaid this weekend?
1: No, I am so burnt out on the Disney live action movies. I love the cast. I love Javier Bardem. I love who they got to play Ariel. I think the design of Flounder in in Sebastian is so weird. Mm Because I don't know if you guys have seen it. They went for, like, awkwardly photorealistic, like, crab and fish. Which, like, why?
0: I think Um, that's been their theme, though, because that's what they did for Lion King. So...
1: Yeah, but lion can kind of make sense, I guess, because, like, a lion cub can be cute, but, like, you can't make a flounder fish cute. Like, I, it just looks gross. I would object. I
2: think fish are cute, especially little fish like flounders and, like, clownfish. And crabs are cute, I think, anyway. So, I mean, I'm fine with that.
1: I just—he is going to be Jamaican, though, right? Like, that is going oh, to happen. have you not seen the trailers? They lean hard into that still. Okay, good. It, that, that makes me And happy. it's <laughs> It's David
0: Diggs from Hamilton, right?
1: Oh, even better. Even better. That's that's the one thing they're so good at is they cast these things so well. Like, Lion King cast is phenomenal. I mean, heck, even the Beauty and the Beast cast is phenomenal. Like, they cast them well enough that you want to see them just on the virtue of their cast, but I don't think it's going to do enough with the story. But I get to see shirtless Javier Bardem as Triton. Maybe I'm showing up.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, Well, a lot to unpack there. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll go through it later. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, so that's what sparked me wanting to watch this movie is like, I've heard about this movie for years. I've never seen it. I know Devin's been wanting me to see this because he likes the Cohen brothers. He likes this film. So usually I'd ask like what your connection is and I'm still going to, but Devin, I want to know why have you held off on this movie?
1: It's one of those movies that I'm always waiting for something relevant or kind of like yeah relevant to happen with and for some reason like little mermaid didn't wasn't enough for me i was waiting for like a new cohen brothers release i was waiting for like something to do with a western or a um oh i can't even remember a cormac mccarthy another cormac okay. mccarthy adaptation to happen and none of them happened yet but this is one of my favorite movies like okay. of all time awesome so
0: So even though it's my pick, Devin's probably going to lead a lot of the conversation. Totally well. Um, (laughs) Ryan. uh, Yes. Have you seen Had you seen this movie before or not?
2: I had seen the first half of this movie uh, when it like went from being uh, when it was like first available for streaming, like on Netflix, when it had it like for the first time. And um, I wanted to bash my head against a wall uh, through through, like the first hour and I turned it off. Um, And... I had never wanted to go back to it, and then I watched it this morning, and I don't know what condition I watched this in originally, or what my mindset is different now compared <laughs> to then, but this might be the only Coen Brothers movie that I will, like, buy a copy of. I really oh. liked it the second time around. Like, it it was not... the. What happened the first time was it just it was it dragged and dragged and dragged the first time I watched it and I couldn't like deal with it anymore. And this time I watched it and it I didn't even feel that this time. So, OK, yeah, <laughs> incredible.
0: So usually we, the person who picked the movie talks about the first time they watched So let me tell you about the first time that I watched this, because even though I watched it last night, it's still kind of significant. Um, I watched this last night in my living room on HBO max. As of this morning, HBO max is no longer a thing.
1: (laughs) Oh, I can't wait for that to become a theme. We talk about Um, later.
0: H, uh, max is officially live as of this morning. I was looking at it before we, uh, went live and updating my profile icons on there. Um, Cliff steel how from, is from cliff steel from doom, doom patrol if before you ask and my wife is enough a guess from uh it, i mean it's the same kind of layout as hbo max was like they just dropped the hbo
1: and that's so, it it just kind of looks the same
0: yeah but when i this looked it up
1: it reminds me it reminds me of a movie quote where someone goes max what is that from
0: uh one of the goofy I,
1: movies it might be
0: yeah. I'm going to use
1: some Googling. We'll
0: the, the, the one podcast I, I, keep, I listen to, they keep talking about Max, and they, they do the um, the butler from heart to heart. When they met, it was murder, because his name is Max. <laughs> um, Good. But yeah, so this is the last thing that I watched on HBO Max, which, was, which has been my go-to streaming service for the last few years. So I didn't realize this was going to be the last thing, but I was like, kind kind of, kind of. Kind of good to know that this was the last thing that I watched on there. Um, yeah, Devin, uh, Ryan, Ryan's already told us about his first time. Tell us about your first time with No Country Old Men for No Country for Old Men. There we go.
1: So I got really into the Coen Brothers when I was in college. They were like my benchmark for like what a good, a well directed movie is. Um, And it started with Fargo, and then I got introduced to this movie, and I think, I know that I bought it on, I think it was, I think it was still DVD back then. I bought it on DVD. And I must have, like, worn the disc out watching it so many times. This world is a world that I just like being in. I find the pace of the movie, like, incredibly tense, but, like, very relaxing. And, like, I'll just come back to this movie probably more than I'll come back to most other movies, just in terms of Wanting to spend more time with the characters, wanting to spend more time in the in in this world, it's it's one of my like major touchstone movies in terms of like how I rate movies and, and what I think is a good movie, basically. Okay. Which baby says a lot about me in terms of what I like in my movies. So cool. we'll unpack yeah. all that too. All
0: right. So let's get into. Let me. Do... I enjoyed this movie. It's not what I expected it to be. Uh, I think there it's my sec. I think it's the second best movie where Tommy Lee Jones plays a cop in the like Midwest. (laughs) Um, (laughs) because oddly enough, like that's a theme that has taken over his, uh, later career.
1: What other Um, ones does he play a cop in the old West?
0: Uh, they're not, not, not the old West, but like the Midwest. Um, Hell or High Water, which is on my list for you guys to watch mm, okay. here soon. Uh, from the guys from the guy who's behind like Yellowstone. It's oh, a cool. very interesting movie with um Tommy Lee Jones as a cop chasing down these two bank robbers played by Chris mm. Pratt and uh oh, not Chris Pratt, Chris Pine and I forget the other actor. Um but we'll we'll get to that eventually. Uh, and then if you count count Men in Black as a cop, like it's just has Tommy Lee Jones played anything besides a cop? Wait, Two Face, duh. Oh yeah, uh, there we go. <laughs> um, for a Coen Brothers movie, like I'm looking over some of the the other ones, and one of the things that I think about when I think of their films is like music in the soundtrack. Yep. Like I can I can looking at this list, I can think of. A, a musical moment from the big Lebowski or an brother where art thou, um, there's hardly any music in this and it drives the tension so well. Um, there, and there were points in this where I actually like, I jumped from the tension, like in like loud noises and not like, like, not like guns going off or anything, but I think a phone rings at one point and I was like, Whoa. Okay. And that
1: was enough. Because yeah, they do such it, a good job of building it in this movie.
0: Yeah. So I really enjoyed that. Uh, I don't know if this is my favorite Coen Brothers movie, but it, I can see why it won Best Picture. So.
1: Which one would you consider to be your favorite?
0: Uh, I really like uh, Inside Lewin Davis. Okay. Um. Yeah, I think that might be my favorite.
1: Ryan, what's yours? I'm probably, really curious.
2: Probably this one. Probably this one? The, the, the Coen brothers and I don't usually get along.
1: Well, I know you didn't like uh, Barton Fink when I had you watch that one. Mm hmm. That was John Goodman in the hotel room. Yeah. Have you guys seen Oh Brother Art right, though? Yes. No. Oh. Okay. Well, that's something that we'll have to watch. And have you guys both seen Big Lebowski?
0: Yes.
1: Yes. Okay. I think Big Lebowski is my favorite. If have you seen Raising up. Arizona? I have. Okay. Yeah, I like Raising Arizona. I liked it not as much as I like, in, in comedic-wise, not as much as I liked Big Lebowski. Yeah.
2: I yeah. think
1: that the other crime one that they do that I think I like about on the same level as this one is Fargo. I like Fargo a lot.
2: Okay. okay.
1: And and I think 90% of my enjoyment comes from their Midwestern accents. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. They're so good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think I, I, I like the uh, Fargo show a little bit more than the movie, just because it. Okay. You can go so into in depth with those characters in that and that it, but the movie starting off this whole world that you get to know on that show is, is like I still hold it in high esteem. But
1: what's wrong, Ryan?
2: Do you, do you think everyone in the Midwest sounds like that? Oh yeah. No, that they all sound like that. That's just... that state that's no, it's like Fargo. the core and northern part of that state
1: oh i know i've just <laughs> no I, I i absolutely know yeah i've, I've okay met Please. a lot of people from there yeah
0: it'd be funny if on the you on have the... said
1: things before that have like you know blown my mind so i just want to verify <laughs> that, that i think that everyone in that chunk of basically all of mountain time sounds the I, same
0: i like to think that devin thinks that's how they talk th- in that area and then he watches like one of the seasons of Fargo with Chris rock and then Far- Chris rock doesn't have that accent. It's like, what?
1: Hold on. Hold, <laughs> on. <laughs> that, so hold
0: on. That's now how that you realize up... that's not. Yeah.
1: Right. Uh, well, now that we brought up the TV show, I'm curious from you guys. Have you guys seen at least season one of the TV show?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: No. So Ryan, this might interest you. The one thing that the Fargo TV show does, that I think is incredible is for each season, they take two Coen brothers movies and they mix them together and that becomes the plot of each season so the plot of this of season number one is fargo meets no country for old men billy bob thornton's character is essentially anton Chigurh, but in that world okay all right what
0: i'm trying, I'm trying to
1: his head alan you go first I, i'm
0: trying to i'm trying to think back on season one because that's the one with martin freeman right
1: it is yeah okay martin freeman and then billy bob thornton is kind of like the ominous like assassin kind of person yeah and
0: it's kind of like the um strangers on the train at ep- season two right yeah yeah okay interesting i'm gonna have to go back and rewatch it with that mindset now that i think you're movie. gonna
1: i think you're gonna get a lot more out of it now
0: I mean, I got a lot of it out of it the first time. The first season wasn't my favorite season of that show, though. What was your favorite? I think I liked the second one more. The one with to- with Colin Hanks.
1: That one was a good one. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. What was your thought on that, Ryan? You, you started laughing.
2: I don't like enough of their movies to like a concept where they take multiple movies from their portfolio and mix them together to make a TV show.
1: That's fair. That's totally fair. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, so talking about this movie, so we mentioned about the tension a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about something that I think really stands out for me in this movie and, and something I think the Cohen brothers just generally do well, and that's the performances in this. Mm-hmm. I mean, Javier Javier Bardem, obviously a big standout performance. What did you think of his character in this and, and the choices that he made when acting?
0: So... What started this was that conversation that they had going into going into details on this character. I tried not to listen to the details of it, but from everything that I've heard about his performances that he's very stoic, he doesn't talk much. Uh so I was really expecting him to be silent most of the time except for the few scenes that I knew he talked like the convenience store scene. Oh. Um but I was kind of surprised by how much he actually did talk in this. Um but I I thought it was a very eerie performance because you know what he's going to do and there are moments where you can't see him but you know he's there and it just mm. ups the, the tension level.
1: He's a great, presence.
0: Great use of doors to block him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ryan, did you have the same the same reaction? Yeah, I mean,
2: the first time that I watched this, he was one of the things that I did actually like about it from the first time I watched it. And I really wish wish then there was more of him in it. But the second time around, actually watching it and finishing it, 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 it's... I don't know how anyone or him could have played the character better. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's the best thing I can say about anyone's performance in it. Um, He's—I've ne- never seen anyone make make a mullet bull cut seem intimidating.
0: <laughs> so real quick, I really part of me had the intrusive thought of I should stop at the barber and get that haircut for tonight's show. <laughs> <laughs> would Anna have let you in the door? No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is a choice this haircut. It is a it, definite choice. But it also fits the character and it fits the time
2: that this movie is set in, which is like the late to mid 70s. So it's perfect.
1: I mean that's true. That's that's incredibly true, yeah. Yeah, and um, it's yeah. So then were there any other, like, real standout characters? Because, I mean, obviously Javier Bardem we could talk about for a long time and how he portrayed Anton. Did anyone else stand out for you particularly in this movie?
0: Uh Lou Allen. Yeah. Uh Mostly because they called him Lou Allen the whole time. Lou Allen. Yeah. Which I don't know if that's like a inside joke with the Coen brothers because Ellen is spelled the same way that Lewin is in Inside Llewyn Davis, so like, do they just want to like point like? Do they just like that name and how it has two different like pronunciations?
1: You know, look that up.
0: Uh, but I thought I liked his journey. I, I liked him as like the main focus of the of the film because you want to root for him because like he doesn't. He, there's like there's no bad intentions with anything he's doing. He's just trying to like better his own life. Like he's not, he's not going out trying to kill people. He's just trying to protect himself and his wife. And like chaos just follows him ever, and, and death, follow him wherever he goes. So, but I don't blame him for that. So like, I, I, I kind of sided with him a lot, like, everything he did. It? Like, I, I wanted him to succeed.
1: That's an interesting take because I didn't always side with him. I mean, he didn't go killing. Mm-hmm. He was very smart about a lot of what he did. But he also did stumble upon a drug deal gone wrong and went, I guess I'm going to take this money now. <laughs> <laughs> and then just ran away with what is clearly well-fought-after drug money. And then thought it was going to be okay. Like I, It's it's that major choice that happened so early that for me the character has to do so much good as the plot progresses for me to be back on his side. And I am. By the end of the movie, I mean by even the midway mark, basically by the time he sends his wife off, um, I'm on his side now. But it's for me it's the selfishness of, well, I just stumbled across this money, guess it's a payday. It's like, stop.
0: Well, I don't think it's even like it it takes him a while to find the money. First, he finds the dog. Then he finds the shootout and the one person alive there and then finds the, the last man standing who died by a tree. And there there he finds the money. So it's like we're in the middle of the desert. What what else are you like? If you came across that in the desert, what would you do, Devin?
1: I you know what I thought about this a lot lately cuz I had something like this happen to me uh literally yesterday on the oh. train. Oh okay. Yeah, it was it, it wasn't it wasn't as like dramatic but T- tell us put,
0: tell us tell us.
1: I was I was put in a situation where I could have intervened in much the same way and I could have basically either been a really good person for having intervened or I could have been made a target for having intervened. I basically walked in on people making plans to hurt somebody else. And my reaction to that situation was the same reaction that I would have had had I been Llewellyn. I would have seen the dead dog. I would have seen the cars. I would have seen the guy against a tree and would have gone, this isn't my problem. I don't want a part of this. And I would have walked away. And I would have then like, like listened to the news or turned on my like ham radio because it's the 70s and would have like waited to hear something about it but I would not have personally intervened and thought, let me benefit from this. Okay. What about you? Would you have had the same reaction? Because this is a good question. Because this is a bit of a moral gray area. Are we talking about the
0: the, the question on the train or finding a body? Let's talk
1: about this specific scenario. Because I think for me, the question on the train was analogous enough that like had I stumbled upon this in the desert, that was enough for me to go like, yeah, I would have walked away.
0: I... I would have left the crime scene alone and then if I saw a trail of somebody from somebody else leaving, I would follow it and see if they were alive or not. I don't try know. I try to help and then probably contact the authorities. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably not even bother with the money. Yeah. As tempting as it would be. With what is going on there, I would either contact the I would contact the authorities anonymously and leave, um, or contact the authorities and chances are somebody there has a a, a reward out for them. So go that way. That's
2: fair.
1: Yeah. Ryan, what would you have done?
2: Well, first I um, it took me a while to reside with him because I thought the whole idea of taking the money was completely stupid to begin with. Right. I mean, and it's supposed was, to be. And that was one of the little things that was bothering me. The first time I watched this movie, when he took the money, I'm like, don't take the money. Don't take the money. <laughs> like, there was the, but then, you know, the second time I was like, you know, you know, I, I, I know what's going to happen. I'm just going to roll with the storyline and see what happens. And it, you know, the second time I watched this, it was a lot better, but yeah, it took me a while to like really care about, him getting away with the money or not like i was more concerned about his wife than i was about his safety um it was more like why would you put your loved ones in a situation like that why Mm -hmm. would you choose to take that money knowing full well what happened because he he finds everything at at the scene to let him know that it was a drug deal gone bad um and how old the bodies were like he knew that time was running out like why would you put your loved ones in that situation? But anyway, um if I was in that situation and time, date, exactly like the movie was, if I were to take any money, I'm talking maybe the top two layers of cash and that's it.
1: You're taking like a cool ten thousand and you're like, Okay, I'm good. Like
2: Yeah, ten fifteen and then just yeah. skip. And then, you know, as you know, as long you know, it's like and he was being super paranoid like he was looking around make sure that he wasn't being followed and everything like that. If I'm doing that same thing, I'm just taking like the top two rows and when the other members come by to like find out what happened, somebody somewhere got away with 10 grand, but there's still like close to 2 million dollars left and that there was a shootout, who knows what happened to that money. Hell, I'd even take the top two rows, leave the chastel open, and spill the rest of the cash out and bounce to make it look like some, you know, like an animal got into it or something.
1: That's fair. That's fair. It's actually a really good call because then, oh, an animal got into it, I don't need to look for the rest of it. Yeah. Smart. I actually really like that. So Llewellyn taking the money essentially is what starts Anton Chicor hunting him. And, and looking, you know, trying to find this guy. This is where we start to get two of the most iconic things from the movie. The first off, we get introduced to Javier Bardem's not preferred way of killing, but one of his first ways of killing. And that's the, <laughs> the cattle probe? Yeah. I had never seen this prior to this movie. You I had haven't? to look up what he was... No. I had to look up what he was doing. I mean, obviously now it's like a thirty-three-year-old who's seen this movie a lot. I know what it is and what it's used for. Yeah. I thought I genuinely the first time I saw this movie, thought he was just pushing a condensed puff of air into their head, and it was blowing a hole.
0: <laughs> they well, they they explain what it is in the movie too.
1: Yeah. Oh, and I, apparently the first time I must have like missed the explanation because like I I remember watching this movie a few times, going, he just. How is air killing them like that? And I mean, even in one scene where he pops the lock on the door with it, you see the rod come in and out, too. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I didn't know that's how they killed cows, by the way. Like, that is a new thing for me to have learned.
0: Is that why you're vegetarian?
1: It was a big part of it for a while.
0: Oh, really? Uh, Yeah, Yeah,
1: absolutely. Treatment of animals is high on my list. From this movie? From It's a mix of from this movie, and Alan, I think you were around for this at Penn State. Someone showed us a video, <laughs> and it was a bad video. So, yeah.
2: Um, yeah, I, that was rough. Yeah, yeah. I've been on Rotten.com myself when I was younger. I probably know exactly what you're talking about.
1: Um, yes, I'm sure so, you were. No, uh, no, uh, no, no. I,
0: No, you don't know what we're talking about because this was at a street (laughs) festival. They had like what looked like a food truck, and we went up to it and like, "Hey, watch this movie," and it was just like, "Oh man, it was in public."
1: It was graphic, and then they gave us five dollars each. Yeah, that was. Do you remember that was the hook? Is watch this video, and if you make it to the end, you get five dollars.
0: We got the five dollars.
1: We got the five dollars. Yeah, it was anti meat industry
2: prop yeah yeah Yeah, rotten.com had that stuff on there it probably wasn't the same video but it was definitely stuff like it (laughs) (laughs) oh goodness yeah um
1: i mean yeah i learned something because of this movie
2: yeah no it's not just cows it's sheeps pigs and it happens so quickly that it it, it's just like pop and done exactly like the guy was Oh really? So, and it's actually a lot more humane than what they used to do. <laughs>
1: I don't I almost don't want to know what they used to do, or I'm going to go back to being fully vegetarian.
2: Well, I mean, they don't do that stuff anymore. They they do the air compressed thing with like a with an air compressed jackhammer. So,
1: good. I mean, not good, but good. I guess
2: it's better than the alternative. But anyway, let's keep on going. Anyway, So that
1: was, that was iconic thing. Number one, iconic thing. Number two, and Alan had brought it up. It takes us to the gas station scene. I will watch this scene any day, anytime, no matter what's happening. I love this scene. I know how the scene ends. I just love it. Did you guys have that same reaction to this scene? Ryan, I know the first time you watched it, you sailed past this scene and still decided to, to not finish the movie. Like Uh, I said, yeah,
2: I liked him and everything about him the first time I saw this. Okay, it was everything it. else that was driving me nuts. Sure. Yeah.
1: Did you have the same reaction this time then?
2: Oh, I loved it. I. Yeah. It, it's just like the first time I saw it. Like, the way that that, like... You could tell that the old man didn't know exactly what he was referring to, but he knew enough to be uncomfortable about the situation. Yeah. Um. And I feel like it was one of those... Interactions where the old man fully knew in his mind what the guy was talking about, but he didn't want to believe it. Yeah. And that's why he was so, like, beating around the bush about the whole thing.
0: I had seen this scene before I watched this movie. Had you? Yeah. Uh, it came up on the internet once, and I watched it. I was like, I, I should watch this movie. This is some riveting stuff. Um, it's such a great performance from both of them. I was looking up the other actor, um, Gene Jones, who's still active and I guess was just in the blacklist a while, a few episodes ago. Oh, fun. And he's going to be in the killer, killers of the flower moon, the new, uh, Scorsese movie that just premiered at, uh, Cannes. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, I I think it's a great performance. I think it's a riveting back and forth. Um, he was also in Inside Amy Schumer. Uh,
1: was he really?
0: Yes, that is.
1: As this character, as Anton Chigurh.
0: No, 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 no. The the attendant.
1: Oh, the attendant was.
0: Yeah. He was also on the. Ch- he was also on Chappelle Show so
1: what a career this man yeah what's his name
0: gene jones
1: gene jones what a good actor what a good career this man is criminally overlooked
0: yeah uh maybe not best supporting actor but
1: (laughs) (laughs) no but people have been nominated for less one of those people yeah he leads to be one of those people that you go oh it's him Whenever he pops on screen.
0: Yeah. Uh, But no, I I enjoyed that scene. It it was a lot earlier on in the movie than I expected it to be. Sure. For how iconic it is now. Um, But yeah, I I enjoyed that scene a lot.
1: Yeah. I, I like it too. I mean, it's for me, it's, it's what I love the most about this movie. It's tense. It's gripping. There's not a lot of music. They like, let the scene breathe a lot too it's not a lot of fast cuts it's not a lot of you know close zooms like it's it's very simply filmed and but just so well acted and so well set up that like it just it draws me in every time like no matter what I'm doing I'll stop to watch this scene
0: you bring up a good point where there's a lot of long pauses and waiting for things to happen in this movie but nothing really seems like it goes on for too long like in like everything just you can have edits where it goes by too fast and you don't get that dramatic tension or it goes on too long and you have that tension, but then it just fades away. Cause you're like, okay, what let's move it along. Yeah. This really strikes that balance of finding the, the right amount of time.
1: Mm-hmm. And it,
0: it's a pre, pretty decently long movie. I mean, what was it? Um,
1: two two hours just
0: over two hours so but it didn't it didn't feel like a long two hours like it moves pretty it moves steadily it doesn't feel like it's dragging which for as long and slow as some of these scenes are is impressive
1: yeah i agree i mean because it's it's all tension and it's all tension done right which is what grips you and keeps you going in the movie The movie also does something that i think is incredibly interesting and almost was i'm almost going to call it a bit of a trope and i want you guys to challenge me where it doesn't show you all of the action it leaves a lot of the action up to your mind and shows you just the aftermath of this this happens in the next scene where moss runs to a hotel or llewellyn runs to a hotel and you see the aftermath of the shootout at the hotel but not necessarily the entirety of the shootout and it happens another time in the movie as well uh, that I'll mention towards the end but how do you guys find that because I remember that this it happened in this and then weirdly enough it happens again in Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol where there's a couple of times where you don't see the actual action happening it's implied off screen and you see what happens there. Do you guys like this? Is it effective for you guys?
0: Ryan?
2: It depends how it's done. And it's done yeah. right in this. Because um, like you can have action going on uh, off screen. And then the camera eventually gets around to like where the action was happening. And all you have mm-hmm. is one person standing there going, wow, that was a tough fight. And then someone really beat up on the ground. But there's no other visual evidence as to what happened um this gives you like that scene that you were talking about where like he's driving to the motel he hears the gunshots he gets there you see the one character and what happened to her and then Mm -hmm. you see the one uh uh um Mexican cartel member dragging himself away from the one room
1: Mm mm-hmm
2: and before he even gets there, you see the truck drive away and the two guys scurry to jump into it before it eventually tears off down, down, uh, down, uh, down, down the strip. That was a perfect way of doing something like that.
1: Cause it doesn't feel like magic. Like you see like the chunky aftermath of it. Yeah. And you, you don't, you almost don't even need to see the shootout happen. You, you get it. Yeah.
0: I, uh, I just learned something about this movie that I need to go back and rewatch it now. Tell um, me, I'll tell you, I'll tell you in a second. Okay. Uh, I agree with Ryan. Like it depends on how it's done. Uh, mm-hmm. The, the scene that you haven't talked about yet confused me. Like I okay. wasn't sure what I saw. So I had to go before the show. Like I, I picked it up from context because but I went back and rewatched that scene to make sure I didn't miss anything. And I didn't like, I saw what I saw. Uh, it, it just kind of threw me for a loop. Cause I wasn't expecting Get that to happen with yeah. we could, we might as well just say it. I wasn't expecting yeah. the main character to die like that, yes. like off screen.
1: Yes, that's totally fair, and and it's it's another of I think the three examples of a character or characters being killed off screen, and you just kind of see the aftermath of it. And I think this scene at the hotel is the best done of it, mm-hmm. but. I want, what did you learn about the movie
0: uh who the cinematographer was uh who which was? was roger Deakins. uh he, you you would know him from a lot of his stuff uh he's one that i i enjoy watching you he did skyfall prisoners true grit uh doubt
1: okay fair yeah. beautiful
0: mind he's worked with them a lot which i always forget that they work together so much so
1: I can totally see that then.
0: Yeah. He did, he did Blade Runner 2049, 1917.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, he's got a really good style of cinematographer then Mm -hmm. because all of those movies are immaculately shot. Yeah. All right. So then, no, you brought up the one part I wanted to talk about then. How did you both feel about, cause Ryan, I think this is the first time you've seen the end of the movie. Yeah. I was shocked the first time I saw the movie that they actually kill Llewellyn. They kill him off camera and I mean, essentially, Anton Chigurh kind of wins. I mean, he this is, you know, in this movie, like there would be this in any other movie, there'd be this big shootout between Llewellyn and Anton and Llewellyn would win and Anton would either die or like slowly lick his wounds and change his life of crime. And he and and Carla Jean would go like riding off into the sunset. But that's not what happens here. What happens here is that Llewellyn dies and Anton makes off with the money. Did that shock you?
2: It followed my original feeling from the beginning of the movie that I was like, dude, you shouldn't have taken the money. Like that was that was was, like the first thought I had literally when like, you know, uh, Tommy Lee Jones walks up and sees him. And it's like, like, yep, shouldn't have taken the money. That sucks. I feel bad for him because I mean, like at that point I was like, okay, he shouldn't have taken the money. He put his loved ones in jeopardy, but he's actually he might actually do this against someone who's like. John Wick before John Wick, like that's pretty much who <laughs> you know the villain is, or the, the, uh, who like the the bad guy is in this. Um, yeah. And 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 one thing I liked about this is like I'm not I'm not really a big fan of like sad endings. I'm not really big on the whole like French ending of a movie. I guess that's the new catchphrase <laughs> for it now. Um, know that. Um. I'm I'm not big on those, but I'm happy to finally see a movie where they're like, Yeah, no, he's a bad guy, he's a villain, but no one can stop him. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way that the movie is. Like it's one of those where like the villain wins at the end, pretty much. And I liked that. It's different. And I've always wanted to see something like that. So
1: yay. Now you got to. Well done. Yeah. So did you have that island? It sounded like you were shocked to see that, that he, he died.
0: I, I was shocked but also, wasn't that shocked? Cause I knew I wasn't expecting it to be somebody else who got him. That's what surprised me the most. Yeah. Um, I was more surprised that Javier uh, Bardem got away in the end, mm-hmm. uh, with his bone sticking out of his arm. Yeah. See, so they uh, do the
1: thing at the end where he gets in the car crash, and you think, "Oh, this is going to be it." Then this is how he gets caught. Like it was a silly mistake, and he didn't know. He still gets away.
0: Yeah. Supposedly, we'll see. Right. In the country for old men, too.
1: To me, the fact
2: that he was able to successfully distract a whole pharmacy (laughs) and uh, really perform surgery on himself. Because one of the things I really liked about this was that they didn't show him actually do the surgery, but they implied everything about it. Like, they show him put, put down the tarp, and then they show him prep the wound in the bathroom. And then he goes back into the main part of the um, hotel and he has surgical pads folded up next to him and he's getting everything ready and then they cut. And in in my mind, I'm like, well, if he's the type of dude that he can perform surgery on himself, granted a bone sticking out of the skin. Yeah, I don't really think you can get painkillers at a pharmacy to help you reset something like that. I'm sure that he can walk into a hospital and make up something as to what happened because he's driving a car that he probably more than likely found or killed someone for so it's not like the cars in his name um and i just want to put this out there uh because Mm -hmm. i have a lot of guys who are i have a lot of people in my friend circle that are car people and they tend to say things about newer cars compared to older cars um this car accident is a prime example of why old cars sucked in car accidents and why newer cars are amazing when it comes to car accidents.
1: So you'll have to tell me more cuz I assumed that old cars were built like tanks and always survived car crashes and new cars crumple like tissue paper and you should never get into a car crash with them. That's genuinely what I think. That's because I always that's what I've heard from d- people.
0: Yeah. I always thought just don't get in a car crash. Like
1: <laughs> <laughs> also a good Good point. Yeah.
2: So in those older cars, I guarantee you that the person in that world, in that universe, that T-boned him in the intersection, even though he was probably going to like 35, 30 miles an hour, died in that car accident. The reason why the old cars looked better after car accidents was because they were tanks, and they didn't give. So all of the force, all of the momentum, all of the kinetic energy was spent on you in the driver's seat. Oh, wow no chest seat belts and hardly any lap seat belts at the same time and so newer cars crumble because the car is taking all of the energy and all of the force from the car accident away from you the occupant Hmm. if that car if that car accident would have happened today there would have been a curtain airbag coming down so so his head wouldn't have went into the window and broken it um there would have been padding all around him just in the normal material that was being used so maybe his arm would have been sprained but not broken the way it was and the driver that t-boned him would have had a front airbag his seatbelt on and both cars would have dispersed taking that energy away
1: that's really interesting
2: so when people say like oh yeah the car doesn't do too well yeah no you don't want the car to do well because it
1: keeps you alive. It takes it away from the person. That's a really interesting way to look at that. Because I just assumed, like, the better the car looked, the better the person inside looked. And it sounds like it no, not it's not No, it's the
2: complete opposite. I wow. Mean, if you really want... And I'll end this whole rant on this. Yeah, yeah, If you really want to see a prime example, watch Dale Earnhardt's Fatal Crash.
1: Mm, I've never seen it, and I've been, like, purposely not watching it's it. It's
2: not bad. It's... You wouldn't even know. Because the car doesn't crumble it doesn't turn around it just hits the wall like a thousand other cars have but then watch a, uh but 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 then watch a nascar crash from like two weeks ago and we'll, uh and look at the difference
1: do the cars crumble more now yeah they do huh they do interesting so i guess the last kind of plot point to bring up then was him going was Anton wrapping everything up with Carla then after yeah. her mom's funeral. Yeah. I mean obviously he goes into the room and I love this scene because she refuses the coin toss. She makes it all about his decision. Yeah. And it's not it's not chance, it's not he he does the same nonsense he did to the guy and she's just like no. I I don't I won't play this. And what did you guys what did you guys think of that? Because he makes a choice, and he makes a choice out of his own free will for the first time in the whole movie. Well,
2: I don't think it's the first time in the whole movie because they only do the coin toss once with the guy in the uh, gas station, unless I'm forgetting another time. Everyone no, else I he's think...
1: killed, it was a choice. But I think it's because he's been told that he like, these are the people that he has to kill. Like Carla, for example, he promised that he would kill Carla, so he's going to go kill Carla. Like, he has to go kill Llewellyn to get the Everything money. he, he did was
0: in pursuit of the job.
1: Except for the – he didn't have to kill the gas station attendant. He left that one up to chance. He technically yeah. didn't have to kill Char- Carla. He left that one up to chance and then up to what he wants.
0: Yeah. Um, I like that it was a little bit open-ended. Because we don't see him make the choice, right?
2: No, but you do see him check his boots when he walks out.
0: Ah. Uh, he looks All at right, the soles
2: right. of his boots like he didn't want to step in the blood. Because the, 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 they showed earlier when he kills uh uh Woody Harrelson's Woody character. Harrelson. Um he moves his boots out of the way of the pool of blood
1: that's spreading on the floor. Mm. Listen, my headcanon for the scene is that. He goes, okay, I won't kill you. She gets him a cup of tea. He breaks down a little bit because he finally had uh, agency over his own life. And he was checking that his tears didn't stain his boots as he walks away to freedom. You cannot convince me otherwise.
0: And, and I mean, I guess it's, it's open to interpretation. Um, yeah. So if that's what you want your head cannon to be, Devin, that's your head It could be it, wrong. It probably is. Uh, considering the evidence but yeah <laughs> Um before we wrap this up I want to talk a little bit about the Oscars that this thing won oh yeah uh, because it was nominated for eight Academy Awards and won half of them Whoa. it won best picture best director directors um, best supporting actor and best adapted screenplay uh any of those categories you want to break down and talk about what it won against and see if it if it holds up?
1: I feel like adapted screenplay is going to make me laugh, but I I feel like it may not hold up against best best motion picture.
0: I mean, its biggest a bit its biggest competition for m- most of these awards was There Will Be Blood, because uh, it was uh, also nominated for eight awards. They were pretty much nominated in the same category except for screenplays. Oh no, even even we- for screenplays because they were both adapted. Um, we talked about
1: how not fair it was that they both came out in the same year.
0: There's, there's a story, and I forget which one, which one's which. But they were filming at the same time in the same area. Oh, I know, I know exactly what it was. So the the smoke plumes they had from the oil rig, yeah, could be seen from the set of No Country for Old Men. <laughs> and I think they might be in a shot. But I can't confirm that. Um, so for Best Picture, it was also up against Atonement, Juno, Michael Clayton, and There Will Be Blood. Do you Do you remember any of those movies?
2: Two thousand seven was a good year.
1: It was um, a good year. That was a good year.
2: I feel like it. Like it was a coin toss between uh, there, there, uh, there. Will be blood and this one. Like Juno was good. Um I haven't seen it in a while. I have it on DVD. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't like I don't think a movie like Juno should win a best picture award up up against movies like No Country for Old Men and There Will Be Blood. Like Juno's
1: good but it's not that level of movie. Yeah. I think I'm the same way. I mean, I think because movies like no country for old men and there will be blood do the thing that i like movies to do where they're about something but they have a deeper meaning behind them they get you talking about symbols and themes and character motivation in a way that juno despite it being a really good movie definitely didn't do and this is what i like discussing about movies is what is the tone of the scene what is the theme how is the shot constructed and Mm -hmm. juno seems a little bit less um in terms of those things
0: I mean, for Juno, the it won best original screenplay, which I think yeah. is fair going up against. Uh, oh, I, I say this, and then I take I want to take it back. It I went up know. against The Savages, uh, Michael Clayton, Lars and the Real Girl, and Ratatouille. <laughs> mm. <laughs> One of these That's... things is not like the other. Um, no, I, like, screenplay-wise, like, I feel like Juno has a lot more meat to it than Ratatouille. Ratatouille's got the, the nice vegetables laid out.
1: That's like it, a, a good way to do that, yeah. Um, no, I think you're exactly right with that.
0: And then uh, Javier Bardem, for Supporting Actor, uh, was up against Tom Wilkinson for Michael Clayton, Hal Hallbrook for Into the Wild, Philip Seymour Hoffman for... Charlie Wilson's war and Casey wow. Affleck for the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Did he win? No, Javier Bardem won.
1: Okay. I was like, Casey Affleck didn't win that one, right?
0: No, it was just a mouthful to say.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I think he definitely deserved it out of that bunch. I can definitely agree with that. Yeah. I would have worried had he been up against um. Oh, I can't remember his name, the priest from There Will Be Blood. Because that was Daniel a Day phenomenal Oh
0: uh Paul Dano. Paul Dano. Not nominated, surprisingly.
1: Doesn't make any sense to me. Spectacular Paul Dano part.
0: Yeah. w We've I done would...
1: No Country for all o- or we've done There Will Be Blood, right?
0: No. no. But I've Have you all it.
1: seen it though? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we never you, will, but if
0: you want to revisit it, I saw it like on a DVD from Blockbuster on my little TV in my okay. room when I was a kid. So I I will None of the rules matter that much, but <laughs> we can bend <laughs> we'll it a little bit. It. Yeah. Has he been how has Baldano been nominated for Oscars?
2: I really want to see a scene where and I forget the, uh, the 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 main actor from there. There will be blood from Gangs of New York. That, that Daniel Day that,
1: Lewis.
2: Daniel Lewis. I would love to see him go up to Sugar and do do the whole milk milkshake bit with the other guy just sitting there looking extremely miffed with his hand just laying on his silent shotgun, just waiting to snap. Like, waiting to. Snap. Okay. I Have a straw all
0: the way over here. <laughs> Paul Dano has never been nominated for an Oscar.
1: That is bullshit. He was
0: was nominated for a BAFTA for there will be blood. And that's it. Like he, he, he's gotten a golden globe nomination for love and mercy primetime Emmy nomination for some, I, I don't even know what that is. And some SAG awards for Little Miss Sunshine, which he won. Twelve Years a Slave, he was nominated, and he was nominated for uh, the Fablemans for Best Supporting Actor from from SAG. But that's it.
1: Wow, this poor man. Mm. Every time someone uh, has yeah. to be that person.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like he's gonna be the next DiCaprio. Like he's gonna have like. He should have been nominated yeah. by now. So when, once he does it, get get nominated, he's he might actually win it. Um, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Man, the Oscars were wild back then, hosted by John <laughs> Stewart.
1: Whoa.
0: I was going through the um, the in memoriam to see how many names I recognize. I only knew one. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Heath Ledger. Ooh. Um, yeah. It was a rough year. Also, I didn't realize people just list out all of the names for the memoriam on Wikipedia.
1: (laughs) Oh, weird. Yeah. I mean, it's good that you can see it that way. Yeah. So to wrap this up from my end, do you guys have any weird theories about the movie, about its tone, about its plot, about its characters? Because the internet is rife with, weird speculation about this movie and i'll share I, one
2: i don't know if this even fits in there but it was something that i was waiting that i didn't think was going to happen and i was waiting for it, it didn't happen until the end and i was happy that it did mm-hmm. was that there was a character that called out tommy lee jones's character because I hate this whole thing about when people say about how oh the moral degrade in the country it's getting bad and things didn't used to be this way and all that nonsense. If you want to know how I feel about it, and I was happy that there was a character that actually did that to him. <laughs> um, I guess it was like like his dad's friend or his uncle. I didn't. I must have missed what that guy in the wheelchair's relation was mm-hmm. to him. Um, mm-hmm. but he, but like he, he looked. He looked at him and he was like, do you know how your, like, great-grandfather or grandfather died? And he told him about, like, everything that happened. He was mm-hmm. pretty much telling him like, this country's always been messed up. It's not just a new thing. Like, it, it's like, and granted, this is, this movie's set in, like, the mid-70s. And pretty much the the, the, the premise was... Bad stuff like this has always been happening since 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 the country's been founded. It's just communication is getting to the point where now you're hearing about it when mm-hmm. you normally wouldn't have. That made me happy because I don't usually see that in this type of
0: stuff. Um, I'm going to not answer your question. Have you tell me two, Devin?
1: Have you tell you what?
0: Two, uh two things that the Internet. The, the
1: internet thinks about the movie yeah so first of all i have seen whether the wife li- or whether carla jean lives or dies literally in the same article talked about differently i found an article by screen rant that was like carla's inability to choose or refusal to choose the coin toss is what saved her life and then a paragraph later after Shigor kills carla i'm like you can't do that in the same article so the internet isn't decided on it which i think they're wrong i you know obviously my teething was silly but the other part mm-hmm. is i found on fan theories uh the fan theory subreddit an article that got a good bit of traction was somebody thinks that anton chigur and sheriff tom bell uh are the same person and that the movie's showing two different sides of their personality one of like which is like fight club yeah, yeah. One of which is like a burnt out version of him that's like law abiding and sick of it. And then the other one who's kind of finally breaking free and doing what he wants. The evidence they give is a, there are a couple of interesting pieces of evidence. One of which is that whenever um, Anton first approaches the car where he kills the first person with the cattle prod thing, uh, he apparently approaches it in very much the same way that a cop would. And, like, has the same type of demeanor as, like, a cop pulling someone over.
2: If you're pulling someone over in a cop car and you're not a cop car and you want the person to get out and believe you're a cop, you're going to act like a cop. That, that, <laughs> that To me, that's not good enough evidence to, to, to even be circumstantial for that. Now, I Now, I will give, thinking about it, the one scene that I'm like, okay, I can kind of understand where someone might think that is when he goes into the hotel room at the end. Yep. And he hesitates about going in, and then they show Anton in, like, the corner, waiting. hmm And he's not there when he walks in. And then Tommy Lou Jones looks over and sees that the and sees that the air vent's been unscrewed with a dime.
1: Yeah. I mean, here it says, when Ed Thomas sits down in the hotel room where Llewellyn was killed, he cuts to a shot of Anton hiding in the same room. Anton, however, couldn't be hiding there without being found. It's crawling with police officers. So the the, the only other thing I can think of is that
2: Anton showed up at a different time or when everyone left, because when Tommy Lee Jones shows up, the place is deserted. Mm -hmm. So he very well could have shown up after everyone had already left. And with his little cattle prod death machine, he could have been in there and out within like two and a half minutes.
1: I mean that's fair, and, and generally the reaction to this theory is it's really interesting, kind of thought provoking, probably not even close to true. <laughs> but it's kind of like my tea theory, where like it's kind of fun to think about. Yeah.
0: Okay. Did, did
1: those live up to your expectation, Alan?
0: Yeah, that that does. Oh, good. So. Yeah. Thank is that you, it. Internet.
1: Yeah, that's all I got. All right. So.
0: Brian, you got anything else?
2: One thing I want to talk about, mm-hmm. because right. and I'll make it quick. Um, okay. When this movie first came out, one of the big things about it was that silent shotgun. And a lot of yeah. people went nuts about it, thinking, oh my God, is this actually a thing? And, um, people, like, gun nuts went crazy about it because obviously something like that doesn't exist. It didn't back then. It didn't when this movie came out. You can't silence a shotgun. <laughs> the, 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 the way it's done in this movie yeah. um, so everyone tried to do what they could to actually make one and one gunsmith somewhere like in 2010 or 9 actually did and put up a video on YouTube of it and did it actually work the way it did in the movie? No, because you can't because you cannot silence a shotgun but they were able to shoot it without needing ear, ear protection not wow. saying that it's going to be quiet enough to do what he was doing but yeah um that caused a stir amongst a lot of people i knew and that was one of the driving forces that i knew a lot of guys went to go see this movie just for the silent shotgun in this because i i think that is one of the coolest
1: movie weapons that i've ever seen
0: yeah Okay. So for
1: me the sound the silent shotgun makes is comparable to that that monster that Obi-Wan rides in Star Wars episode 3 in terms of like just just sheer happiness at the sound they chose for the thing. Like the silent shotgun almost sounds like a laser pistol going off or like a ray gun. It's like yeah. like it's such a yeah. weird funny thing and mm-hmm. like I just I love it.
0: All right. Well, I think that does it for our review of No Country for Old Men. Ryan, it's your pick next week. What is your pick?
2: Um, I know I told you guys the faculty. um, I found out something as we were doing the show. So that's on the back burner for next time. Um, I'm I'm going back to uh, um, an older movie. uh, And we're going to do Psycho since it is available on Netflix. Phenomenal. All right. uh, I know I'm doing the same director back-to-back, but I really want to get you guys to watch that uh, Mel Brooks movie. And the, and the quickest way to it is A Straight Road, and this is my straight road. <laughs> and this is my straight. I'm not mad. I'm not mad at
0: all. <laughs> all right. So tune in next week for Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Uh, you can listen to all episodes of You Have to Watch This Podcast on all major podcasting platforms. You can subscribe to our YouTube page, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. Until next time, for You Have to Watch This Podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. I'm Devin. See you next week. Re, re, re,